I've got the joy of speaking on uh, Jesus is Alive. Um, we had a God Is series where we looked through um, the character of God. And then just before Easter, a slight tactical diversion to speak about Jesus is. Um, and uh, Luke left us um, a couple of weeks ago, our Easter Sunday meeting um, with Jesus is Alive. And uh, I'm, I'm picking up from there. So a brief, a brief recap. Jesus had been killed and laid in a tomb. And uh, then Luke helped us see the next event through the eyes of Mary, one of Jesus' followers. And Mary saw the facts that the body had gone from the tomb. She experienced power, the angels there who pointed her towards Jesus. And then she met with the risen Jesus, the person, the one who knew her name from before he was crucified. And Jesus then went on to meet with others, the disciples, and he ate and he talked and he walked with them uh, for 40 days, it says in, uh, in the beginning of Acts, for 40 days. And then we have this event called the Ascension, the Ascension. And Jesus was with some of his followers and he ascended. He physically went up before their very eyes. He was physically lifted up and uh, it says a, a cloud took him from their view. And uh, it's, you can read that at the beginning, beginning of Acts and in a couple of the Gospels, the end of the Gospels, the beginning of Acts. And we know that he ascended to, to God the Father. He ascended to a place of glory. He, he ascended to heaven. And uh, why are we telling this little short piece of story? 40 days and then Jesus is lifted up to, lifted up to heaven. Why are we telling this short piece of story? Um, because it will help us. Um, later on, we're gonna, now we're going to dig into what Jesus is doing now. And, and this short little section will help us to understand and it will help us to piece these two, these two things together. So what is he doing now? Um, fortunately, the writer of Hebrews helps us in this. So we're going to turn to Hebrews chapter 7. Um, if you've got a Bible or if you've got it on your phone, if not, it'll pop up on the screen. So Hebrews chapter 7, we're going to look at verses... 23 to 27. So as you're finding this, the, the writer is talking about Jesus. That's who the writer is talking about. Um, and he's also referencing um, God's people um, before Jesus came along. So he's talking about that context as well. And he says, the former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he, that's Jesus, he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost, or completely, those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. He has no need like those high priests to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins and then for those of the people since he did this once and for all when he offered up himself. So what is Jesus doing? It says in the, in the middle of this, it says, since he always lives to make intercession. Intercession is when someone helpfully comes between two people and makes a case for one in front of the other. It makes a case on, on, on behalf of one in front of the other. And Jesus is also referred to as a, as a high priest in, in this. Um, and the, the priests, the high priests, they would have been understood to be the main intercessors, the main people in the history of Israel 
who brought God and people together. They were the one who brought God's people to God in the history of Israel. And how would they do that? They would regularly offer animal sacrifices to God to remove the guilt of their sin. For themselves, it says in, this, you know, it says in that passage, for themselves and then for the people. So they'd regularly offer animal sacrifices for the guilt of the sin. But it says Jesus is the great high priest. As you can read earlier in Hebrews, it is called the great high priest. And this is what he is for us now. It says he holds his priesthood permanently because he lives forever. Jesus, he went up into heaven, the dwelling place of God. He was glorified and exalted. And there he now stands and he intercedes for us. He speaks up on our behalf. And this was kind of pointed to by the priests through the history of Israel. They kind of did in part, which Jesus now does completely. And then Hebrews 7, it, it, it expands and it says that he is much better than the earthly priests. He's much better than them. But why? Why is he better than these who did the thing before he did? Well, firstly, he is a priest who is like us and always for us. He is a true human. He gave up his splendor. You know, before, the, before the beginning of time, he was, he was with God. He was God. But he gave up his splendor the dwelling place of God. And he came to earth, fully human, to feel what we feel, to see what we see, and then to suffer death on our behalf. And we can see how Jesus was on earth, his heart for the people, his love, his care, his compassion. You can look at, look at the accounts of his life. And you know, in the Bible, we've got four accounts of Jesus' life. He had compassion on people. He wept for them when he saw their grief. He was troubled when they were troubled. He met and fed their hunger. He saw that they were lost without a leader of integrity. And he yearned to be that leader for them. He didn't condemn them. He reached out towards them. I encourage you, read... I, about six months ago, I started reading Matthew, you know, Matthew's account of Jesus' life, just little bit by little bit. It is so good. Every time Jesus interacts with someone, it is just beautiful. It is beautiful. I encourage you to do that. This is our, this is our King. This is our Saviour. This is the one who we're going to spend eternity with. He is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful guy. And the great high priest who brings people to God. We can have confidence in, in his heart towards us. We can read it in here and see what he was like to people as he walked on this earth. We can have confidence in his heart towards us as he represents us before the Father. And just thinking back to the ascension, we can take heart that he didn't just whoop into some kind of spirit being. He didn't just disintegrate into sight something that our minds can't quite comprehend. Now the same Jesus that walked on earth just went up to heaven and is there now. Physical body, truly human and alive now. I love the continuity of that. My mind doesn't have to kind of justify, well, he was, he was this and now he's this, but you know, it carries on. No, he, he was human. He walked here. 
He rose from the dead and then he just ascended into heaven. The same Jesus that we can read about, we can read his words in the Bible. He is the one who is in front of the throne of the Father speaking on our behalf. And this, this intercession is something that a, a book, Gentle and Lowly, um, sort of touches on. It really loves to dive into sort of the heart of Jesus towards us. So I'm just going to read a, a, a bit of a quote from it. It says, Justification is tied to what Jesus did in the past. So that's when he suffered and died on the cross in our place. But intercession is what he is doing now in the present. He's saying to the Father, Look at my righteousness instead of their unworthiness. Embrace them as you would embrace me. Think of it this way. Christ's heart is a steady flowing reality through time. It isn't as if his heart was like throbbed for people when he was on earth, but has now dissipated or disappeared now that he's in heaven. It's not that his heart was flowing forth in a burst of mercy that, that took him all the way to the cross, but has now just cooled down and settled back once more into kindly indifference. His heart is as drawn to his people now as it ever was in his incarnate, his body on earth state. And the present manifestation of his heart, so the way his heart expresses that for his people, is his constant interceding on their behalf. As he intercedes for us, we know, we know he truly represents us, and his heart is for, his good, is for our good. And why else is he like the great high priest? Because he's a priest who never dies. And like the human priest, he never dies. Jesus holds his priesthood permanently. He doesn't change his mind either. So we don't have to doubt. From the beginning of time, Father, Son and Holy Spirit have been in agreement of one mind. There won't be a regime change, a challenge of power, it's not like the earthly nations or politics that we know. In a world of change, we can be confident that Christ doesn't. And more than that, that he's pouring out his heart for us in heaven. And he is a priest who is God. Who better to bring people to God than God himself? God the Son incarnate, took on human form. He's like us in our humanity, but he is sinless and pure. He is holy, innocent, unstained. The perfect intercessor between God and man. He and the Father are one. They're unity together. And Jesus, he is interceding for us making a case for us before the Father. Why? Because it's his great pleasure. It's his great pleasure for the joy set before Jesus. He endured the cross. The saving work is something that delights Jesus and the Father, something they wholeheartedly agreed on before the foundation of the earth to accomplish for eternity. The Father desires us to be close to him, that's why Jesus came. He gave up everything for us. And now Jesus delights in that. And he delights in us in front of the Father. It's beautiful. He's described as the forerunner on our behalf. Just a bit earlier in Hebrews. 
the forerunner on our behalf, already entered in to that inheritance, already entered into that place that we've been born again into. We've got the guy on the inside, the guy who has done it, he's completed it, and he makes a way clear for us. What does that mean for us? It means with confidence we can approach God. Through Israel's history, they didn't have confidence approaching God. But now with confidence we can approach God. A saviour who speaks on our behalf is before the throne of God. In wonderful agreement already with the Father. And rather than running from God or trying to hide or ignore our sin, we can come to him. We can come to him. Psalm 139, verse 23, says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. You know, David, who wrote this, he gets it. He gets that with confidence he can approach God. Despite his failings, despite his struggles, he gets that with confidence he can approach God. Because of Jesus' sacrifice of himself. God says he forgives all our sins. Well, search my heart, Lord. Search my heart. I'll let you deal with it all. The things in the past, the unspoken things, the sort of buried things, the things I don't even consider to be sin, the things I'm not aware of. I'm not going to run or hide in shame from you. Search me, oh God. Search me. I've seen how beautifully you've dealt with people on earth. I've seen it. Here we see it. You walked with them. You showed gentleness and compassion to them. And now, the same Jesus, he lives. He lives to intercede on my behalf. Before the throne of God. And in that glorious place of righteousness and holiness of power and might and wonderful love. He says, look at my righteousness, not their unworthiness. Now, naturally, I've not been very good at being open. Um, I can think back to several work situations where I'd made a mistake or not addressed something, and then I'd sort of dig down and try and, try and fix it myself, and it never made the situation easier. And eventually, you know, bosses, managers would get involved. And the worry and anxiety in my gut and in my mind was really strong at that point. I knew they weren't the same as me, like the problem sorted, good business, carry on. But how would they be towards me? And that, that's kind of like, that's where my, my worry and my anxiety would start to, start to build from. I don't like the feeling of disappointing people. It's like, naturally, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not keen on it. I don't like that, that humbling, almost sort of breaking feeling of being told or made aware that I've, I've got something wrong. Naturally, I struggle with that. I can see that back in my childhood or with those who are closest to me. It's just naturally a struggle for me. But that's not how Jesus makes me feel when I bring my failings and my failures to him. It's not how he makes me feel. It's the reverse. 
It's the reverse. He empowers me. I feel empowered. I feel completely forgiven. I feel accepted. I feel strengthened, not weakened. I feel closer to God than further away. You know, in the natural, I would struggle with that. But Jesus doesn't make me feel like that when I come before him with my failings, when I open my heart and say, oh God, search me, know my heart. Look at my thoughts, Lord. He strengthens me, he empowers me. I feel more loved when I do that, even if I realise that I've let him down. It's amazing. It is amazing. When we open our lives to Jesus now, sort of repeatedly, ongoingly, increasingly, consistently, when we open our lives to Jesus now, the things that are shameful, he will restore us from. The things that drag us down, he will give us the grace to overcome. He will. He will never discard us. He will never disown us. He will never look upon us disappointed. We see what Jesus is like as he walked on the earth and he dealt with people. This is how he is now with us. This is how he is now. Jesus, who is able to save to the utmost, to save completely those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for us. Let us increasingly draw near to God through Jesus. Come to Jesus. It's an ongoing thing. Search my heart, Lord. Search me, Jesus. And we're encouraged, we're instructed in the Bible to share communion together, to remember and recognise what, what Jesus has done, how he offered himself up once and for all for us as a sacrifice for our sins. And now in heaven, he is interceding. He's speaking on our behalf of the love and the power of his sacrifice for us. And before he was killed, Jesus took, he took the bread. He took some bread and he broke it, saying to his disciples, eat this, it's my body. And with a cup saying, drink, this is the blood of my covenant, poured out for the forgiveness of sins. And he says, and I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. What an encouragement to keep coming back to Jesus and the cross as Jesus keeps working for us, saving us to the utmost, saving us completely <coughs> until that day we get to drink afresh with him in his Father's kingdom. Our communion is something we do as followers of Jesus. And if you're here this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus, but you want to now, we're going to share communion together. So why not join us? Accepting Jesus' sacrifice for your sins as we share the bread and the little grape juice. And as followers of Jesus... We know with confidence we can approach God through Jesus. With confidence we can approach him. The same Jesus that walked on earth and showed compassion, love, mercy to those he met with on earth 
is the same Jesus who is alive in heaven, interceding on our behalf before God the Father. And there will be some things for all of us that Jesus wants to make right for us today. Things we do, things we've done, things we don't do. I just want to encourage you, as you take communion, invite him in. Just search me, O God, and know my heart. Just as you remember Jesus' sacrifice again. Remember the confidence and the trust that we can have with him. As he intercedes on our behalf, we can just say, search my heart, Jesus. And yeah, I think there'd be those here who've got things that have been unaddressed in their lives. I was just thinking of Jesus and the woman at the well. And she had that open heart. She had that open heart. And Jesus then went on to speak into her life in a miraculous and freeing way. Jesus wants to do that for us today by his Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus.